turn to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, beginning at verse 1, we're going to read five short verses. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that you might, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, it endures forever. Guys, I think most of you know what a fan I am of the Apostle Paul. I mean, um, I don't know of too many people who have taken 11 years or whatever it's been in the book of Romans and we're still undone. I'm a, a great lover of uh, Paul and what he wrote and the doctrines that he held so dear. And if you, if you know anything about Paul, you know he is, he's a genius. I mean, he was trained in, in, in Hebraic schools. The man is a genius. And, um, the, the most intricate theological discussions in all of the Bible are presented to us by the Apostle Paul. Which means that the words that I just read you, at least for me, mean so much more. Actually, verse 2 of what I just read you is something that kind of rings in my ears all the time. Well, maybe that's a little overstated, but a lot of the time particularly on Sundays, where Paul, who planted this church in Corinth, says to these people, I determined that I would know nothing among you but Christ and him crucified. The only thing I care about, the only thing I care about when I'm there is Christ and him crucified. The only thing that I care about When I'm among you, the only thing I care about when I think of you, the only thing that matters to me is Christ and Him crucified. Now, this is the guy who is, who is a genius in his presentation of intricate theological discussions. And he says, the only thing I care about is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So I leave here just about every Sunday with that statement ringing in my ears. That is, was Christ and him crucified preached from this pulpit on that day? Sometimes he was. Other weeks, 
I just muddy the waters. I skirt the issues. I, I, I try to comfort myself by saying, sure, there were truths that were taught and there were exhortations that were made. But I drive home with this gnawing sense that I could have done better. I could have done more in preaching Christ and him crucified. However, once a month, on the Sundays when we observe the Lord's Supper, on the Sundays that I preach the least, I go home knowing that Christ and Him crucified has been on display. Because this sacrament is all about Christ and Him crucified. You know, guys, it's hard to miss the central thought of this sacrament when I am holding in my hands emblems that point me to that to that work of Christ. Um, there are um, probably way too many times that I that I lose you with my extraordinary rhetoric. But it's hard to miss the point when I'm holding the point, when I'm chewing the point, when I'm swallowing the point. You you really have to work at numbing the mind to miss the point when I'm holding the point in my hands. It's hard to to not see it when I have I'm holding very rich, profound symbols. And if you miss it on this Sunday, it's more your fault than it is mine. A lot of Sundays it's my fault. Three out of four, it's my fault. But on this one, It would be your fault. Guys, um, you may be confused about all of the subtle points of Christian theology. and I mean, you may, you may have missed the thrill of an of a intricate dialogue and debate over the doctrine of the Trinity or, the, or the, the, the sweet tenderness of covenant theology. But somebody, you have to be borderline brain dead to miss what these symbols point you to. They point you to Christ crucified. Even if you're, you're here this morning and you're not yet redeemed, even for you, it is hard to miss what this is all about. Even though you may not adopt it, even though you may not believe it, even though you may not embrace it, it's hard to miss what this is about. You know, you may love the discussions about the second coming and all of your eschatological intricacies. Or you may love to think about Christ's intercession at the right hand of God the Father for us. Those are, those are wonderful things. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, for now, that which is on center stage 
is Christ and him crucified. And so, my dear brother and sister in Christ, collect all of your thoughts into one thought. All of your contemplations into one contemplation and come. And and eat this bread and drink this cup and gaze upon Christ and him crucified. And it will be enough. For the Apostle Paul, the only thing that mattered was Christ and him crucified. And here on this Sunday, that's all we have for you. We don't have any advice about how to make your marriage better. We don't have any little rules about how you parent. It's Christ. You know, normally, you and I avoid the thinking of the death of somebody that we loved. But this is no ordinary death. This is no ordinary person. This is... This is the second person of the Trinity. This is the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the the Savior of sinners. This is God in flesh. And it is Him crucified. It's the just dying for the unjust. The the righteous dying in the place of the unrighteous. It's, It's the one without sin dying for people who are full of sin. Ladies and gentlemen, the world does not mind the Christian ethic. The world is not offended by the Christian moral um, standards that we have set. The world doesn't mind any of that. What the world abominates is Christ and Him crucified. And I am inviting you to gaze on that which is the great offense to the Gentiles and stumbling block for the Jews. Christ and Him crucified. It is enough. Our Father, I do pray that you will meet us here and that the the souls of your people might be gathered up, that they might be um, brought nigh, that they might find themselves in a a strange um, communion with the God who made them and found a way to save them in Christ. And I pray, Lord God, that um, what we end up with today is not is not more instruction about a theological position, that what we end up today with is a person, a person who is who is the righteous in the place of the unrighteous. It's the sinless in the place of the sinful. 
Meet us here, O oh God. And might we leave with a better taste of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We pray, of course, in His name.